you know, he said, a paycheck is a paycheck, and what you're really doing is helping people and building your future. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Happy Agent Podcast. I am your host today, Mr. Jeff Beggins, and we've got my esteemed brother with us today. Craig Beggins. Hi, everybody. And we've got uh, Mike Puma with us today as well. Hello, everyone. And we're going to have a few different um, angles on this one. And we are honored to have Rachel Jordan with us today. Rachel is a great agent. She works um, with us over on the beach offices and has a, quite an interesting past, which is, I think, kind of cool. And the stepping stones that kind of got you to the top agent, like you're rocking it the way that you're doing it right now. So I'd like to kind of just start out, just introduce you, Rachel, and just kind of let you tell your story back from how, where it all started, um, probably leading you up into when you're going into college in Mississippi State, how that kind of evolved, what all the different step things that you studied, how that kind of led you through paths into the different types of businesses that you're in, the different industries that we're in, and then we're going to follow your path into real estate on there. So welcome to the podcast. We're very happy to have you on with us. Well, hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Um, I was born in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and I'm not going to say how many years ago that was, but it was quite a few years ago. <laughs> my dad worked for Ingalls Shipbuilding, and my mom worked for the Navy there. It was pretty much a very uh, cosmopolitan sort of area between the uh, different military branches that served there and um, the talent that Ingalls Shipbuilding drew. So I was used to kind of having a lot of different ethnicities, a lot of different people around. And then when I was 11, we moved to the Mississippi Delta, which was a very different world. Um, and I teaches you a lot of empathy. Um, very different place, very much more rural. Uh, people were a lot poorer there. And we moved because my dad was in the ministry. So I guess I grew up with that heart for helping people. And uh, from there, we moved several places, always in Mississippi, but always around the state. Lived close to Natchez. That's where I graduated high school in Franklin County. Shout out to my alma mater. And from there, I went to Mississippi State. And I started out majoring in chemistry. Uh, met my husband, who was majoring in engineering. And then I didn't need to worry about money. So I switched to English, which was my first love. So um, switched my major my junior year. And I don't regret it. It was a great time. I love my college experience. Uh, since then, David and I married after he graduated. He went to grad school in Tennessee. I think he and I have lived in 15 or 16 different states between us. So I made my college sweetheart uh, one year after we graduated. The same month and year that you started the business, Craig, in June wow. of 92. So we've been together along that I wouldn't know who I'd be without him and he and I kind of started this real estate thing together uh, when we after he graduated seminary he took a mission church which means you know you get to do all the work and none of the pay but we loved it out there we uh, obviously had to find jobs and support ourselves while we were out there and that's how I got the hotel industry and I really enjoyed that you meet so many different people where we were um, we were located it was higher than Denver so we were close to the Apache Indian Reservation, and that's where the ski resort was. And I managed a ski resort just off of the reservation there. A beautiful time and beautiful country, very cold. David hates the cold, so here we are. And we've been here for 16 years. We moved when my daughter was three months old. 
I mean, well, when Beth was two, I went to, uh, that's when I joined Mary Kay, Craig had asked that earlier, and I, was, and I actually still do sell Mary Kay, it's not my primary focus, but just from the residuals from Michael customers, um, I just received the award, I was number 14 in sales in our unit this past year, and I haven't done a blessed thing with it except take reorders. You know, people are loyal when you treat them well. So um, that's how I got to Mary Kay. And uh, real estate, when my daughter was approaching middle school, my husband was really sick of resell. That's what he had done. And he was very tired of it and ready to do something else. And we had a friend who um, <clears throat> did property rehabilitation, and then he was a property owner, you know, landlord. And that was something that David and I had done. We had uh, some properties in Arizona, which we sold off, I think, the last one in 2011. And, um, you know, it seemed like that would be a good way to go, a good time to get back into it. And, you know, we knew we had to partner with a broker, and this gentleman was willing to do that and take us on you. And so we went through, got our licenses, and he decided, you know, I'm really old. I'm going to retire. I don't want to do this anymore. So then we started looking for companies. And we found eBuy. Or actually, at that time, Tabitha was the company. She reached out to me. Um, I really liked the philosophy when we came in, and I remember going through Beg and View, just the way that you treat people, because it's all about how you treat people, you know. And um, we have never regretted it. Well, we're, that's we're, what started it in. The idea that we were going to just, you know, we were going to run like a rental management company, but. We've taken a different turn from that. Yeah, and it's it's worked out actually pretty well for me. And I, I've had the pleasure of being able to work with you a lot because you're over in the offices where I am most of the time and been able to kind of watch the evolution, right, from your career from total newbie to getting a lot of repeat and re referral business now, which is, I think you nailed it. Look what's happened in your Mary Kay business. You don't work it, but people are still calling you. So I think you're starting to see that's how the real estate game works too. You put a lot of energy and a lot of hours in to build it and then it'll keep feeding you forever. So those of you who are watching and are in process, just kind of keep the faith because it does take some time, but it, it builds upon itself over there. So one of the things, Rachel, I want to talk about is um, the stepping stones of the career. And, and everybody does it, but a lot of people don't talk about it. And what I think is interesting from the service mentality that you have, that you actually love providing service and helping people, you would actually, you would take deals that nobody else would take. And I always remember that. And you, you were happy to do it and you didn't care about the money or the small amount of the checks that it would be. It was if somebody needed help, you were going to help them. You would drop what you were doing. You would work as long as it took. You would work as many days as it took. As many, and just the, the reports where people were so thankful and that you were able to take that time. So talk about that from a, from the people watching, that some people like, I don't want to take these type of deals or, you know, I don't know if they're below me or, you know, I, I don't want to do those things. How has that kind of been a, a stepping stone or a cornerstone in your business? I'd like to hear from your, your voice. Well, I think the thing is I got advice from Bob Dean. And, uh, you know, when he first started, he did the same thing. He took deals that nobody else wanted. He would do the the mobile home deals and you know he said a paycheck is a paycheck and what you're really doing is helping people and building your future and that's what I did uh, especially here in Pinellas County we do not have the luxury of having a lot of the new builds and new communities like you do over in Apollo Beach there's just not any more land here on the peninsula 
So the new builds that, that we have are very small communities for the most part, you know, maybe 10 or 12 homes. So, uh, but we do have a ton of secondary homes for snowbirds in the 55 plus community. So that is really the sort of trailers that I got involved with. Um, other than the first foray into it really was a steep learning curve and it let me know that was not where I needed to be and that was working for a friend of mine who her daughter wanted to sell her mobile home but it was not a place for you on the land. So that's a different ball game and trying to find a, a mobile home where someone below 55 can actually own the land in Pinellas County is, uh, it's like trying to find hen's teeth. So <laughs> there's just not many of them there. But 55 plus mobile parks and 55 plus condos, we have in abundance. And that's sort of the niche that I made for myself. And it started because of taking that mobile home and helping my friend's daughter sell hers. You got other calls, and most of the calls that we get on mobile homes are from the 55 plus community. Usually, people looking for a second home. Yeah, and then I think you've taken to heart that you know it's never about a transaction. It's never about a check, right? Now, Bob Dean, we've, he's been on our podcast as well too, and he always mm -hmm. calls those as popcorn deals, right? You got to take the small ones, just take anything ones, because even the lower price ones, they just pop and they just pay your bills. It's just the he calls them the pop deals while you're building your business and growing the other ones you're taking those so i think it's interesting I, and i truly believe this that if a deal comes to you there's a reason why the deal came to you right it's a little little holistic out there for a minute but why would it have even come to you if you weren't supposed to serve those people right and i think you've kind of grabbed onto that and have taken that and it's not about the transaction because i think we all know very well that the lifetime value of a customer is $130,000. It doesn't matter if they're buying a $70,000 second home trailer just to park their stuff for the snowbird season, right? You never know who's buying those and their friends and their cousins and it just starts to evolve. And the lifetime value of that customer, I don't care what the customer is, it's 130,000 bucks. So when you get removed from the fact that maybe you only get a, you know, a $2,000 check rather than a $8,000 check, right? Or a $1,000 check, it's, it's not about that. And so that's what I think is, is, and Craig, you nailed it earlier, the common denominator of everybody who's doing well in this business. You're doing very well in this business now, and you've, you've evolved your business out of that world. You'll still do some when you need to, when they come to you, but it's amazing. And I think that that, that, service, that servant mentality of just bringing value is something that I know you do really well. But I think I, think I want to point out, though, that it's intentional, right? So it's all about the intent. Because there are some people that say, I only want to sell million dollar up homes, right? right. So I'm not going to touch that uh, a mobile home, right? But that's their intent. Sure, if that's the business you want to build, go build that business. There's nothing quote unquote wrong with that, right? But when you want to help people, which is what you really came into this business to do, yeah, you're going to take that mobile home because it doesn't matter if it's a $2 million house or a mobile home your intent is not to go get a bigger paycheck. Your intent was to help the individual, right? And so I think it just comes down to intent. And but there are people that build in both sectors. The people who I think have the biggest struggle in this business are the people who try and do the mobile home, but really don't have the right intent and are just going to complain about it the entire time that they're doing it because they're not actually doing it to help people. They're just doing it because it was the only thing that they could get. 
right? And that's the difference. I think you didn't intentionally go get that deal. You just intentionally set out to help people. And that initially just happened to be people who had some mobile homes in a 55 and up community, but that was irrelevant, right? So I think I just want to point that out to the agents watching. It's intent. And then it has led to a great business for you. And I can tell you that deals over half a million dollars, most of the time they are easier, sometimes they're not. But uh, for the ones that are smaller, sometimes I think people get distracted because they don't remember that sometimes these people they're dealing with, sometimes it's not a second home. And so while these amounts may be small to those of us who work this area all the time and work this real estate, it's a big investment for them. And so for them to have somebody that will really hold their hand and explain the process, and be there to answer their questions. That's what makes the difference, and that's why um, that's why I get I think more business because people will call because as Craig says says all the time, answer your phone. So if you answer your phone and you know are able to answer their questions presently, those are the two biggest things. I, I agree. Now let's talk about now the the, the title of this podcast is, of this series of podcasts is Happy Agent, right? So if we go back to what is the, what's the why? What is the, the kind of the, what puts the big ass smile on your face as that real estate fulfills for you? So wh what was it and what is it and where do you see it evolving into as far as that drive or the why and, and what, what makes it happy? Well, in the beginning when I started in this, like I said, David and I had, you know, thought it would be fun to work together. And I think it was, I think it was great. Like you mentioned, my husband's personality is a little bit different than me. He's a lot more analytical. So what we're doing now, pretty much, they meet me, I meet the people, I do all that, and he writes up all my contracts and does the back office for me. It works better for him, uh, you know. So working together was great, and I do miss him being with us all the time, but he's branched off into other things as well. But so for the first, my big why was so that I could be and spend more time with him. Uh, because the long hours that he had put in, he had been kind of missing for quite a while, and it was very nice to get to be able to spend that time with him, too. So maybe that uh, might have hindered my ability to work a little because I might have got caught up in doing other things, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's so much easier to talk to him rather than spend the time mining the leads like you need to. But that was very good, and it was a very good time for learning as well. Um, I did the same thing when I started for Mary Kay, and I never did this on my other jobs, so I don't know why I thought it was different when I was working for me, except that I felt like I had to know everything and have the answer immediately. So if you're watching and you're a new agent, don't do that. You have a whole team that will back you up and can help you, and they told me the same thing, and I didn't listen, but you guys listen, because I could be further along in my career now if I had listened and done that that first year. So rather than feeling like I needed to know everything about everything, and uh, I've been in here five years now, and let me tell you, I still don't know everything about everything, and I don't think you can in this business. Do you think so, Craig? Nope. <laughs> I'm still learning after 28 years. Right. But, but what you do know, Rachel, is the numbers that are on speed dial, right, just to call and get you out of a bind or ask your, answer your questions when you need it. And, guys, that's – I really think that is one of the biggest drivers in this business to those who are successful. You've got to rely on the people around you. Right. Because, I mean, you got it. You figured out we this is a team. This is a partnership. And if you're watching your broker and your manager, you better treat them like your business partners or else right, you got something missing in the, in the relationship. Because we've got a 
absolute vested interest in making sure a deal closes, making sure your career goes well, because we benefit when a deal closes and when your career goes well. And so you you tap into the 55 something thousand transactions that we've closed already. And most of the issues that you're gonna run into, we've seen, right? So why would you even try? There's no way we can download, open up, here you go. There's 55,000 transactions worth of nightmares and lawsuits and, and big time issues and fights and screaming and matches and you know, here you go. It, it just, we can't do it. So you've got to know that all you can do is when people come across your path, treat them well, help them and do the best thing for them, right? And that's really all you need to know. And everything that comes up along the way that you don't know what it is, say, that's a great question. Let me find the answer and I'll get right back to you. That is the number one best script in this entire industry is great question. Let me get right back to you and I'll, I'll, and I'll answer that question and, and do it with confidence because they appreciate that. I would much rather somebody tell me that than make something up, right? Make and up you can tell when they make it up. Tonality, eyes, everything just kind of shows when they, they don't, they're just making it up. So Rachel, how have you, what have you learned to, in your, your five years now in the business, which is either experienced or still new, depending on which perspective you want to take on that, on that um, benchmark of five years. What have you learned about this real estate business? Would you say that would be the best takeaway for those who haven't yet hit the five-year mark, the biggest takeaways that you wish you would have known or done in year one? Well, I'll tell you one tool that I have found that I really, really love that Century 21 just rolled out and really did that, that social ad engine. Um, and making those calls. No, is it always fun? No. Are you going to get people who say, oh, I never registered? Of course you will. The thing is, you just got to do it. So you get up and eat your frog, because if you eat the frog and make those calls, it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you all day, and it will lead to the best things that happen to you. You know, you have to be persistent in that, and you'll make a lot of phone calls, leave a lot of messages, but you do get business from it, and if you need business, that's the way to go get it. You have to make those consistent contacts. And I really, um, that $100,000 club that you did a while back, Jeff, that was so helpful to me. I feel like that really changed my mindset and it really helped my business grow because we're not looking just, you know, all things we're, we'll, we're going to plot through and it's just these numbers, numbers, numbers. What you really need to be looking at is those connections and those connections are where it can be. And like you said, people send, are sent to you for a reason. There were a couple of people who clicked on my, Add and it's in a 55 plus condo. Well, they weren't looking for a 55 plus condo, but I have two new buyers now that are not in the 55 plus market. So, you know, reaching out to help people, are they going to be difficult to help? Probably. Am I up to the challenge? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote down a couple of notes that I'm going off of from today. And I wrote down $100,000 Club because you were the most dedicated, most connected, engaged in, in that whole group. Right. And because, because, and I think connection, I wrote down mindset and connection. So the two things that I wanted to make sure we touched on today, because, you know, we all go through it and you had some times, remember, we, and we could talk about this. You've had some times where this business wasn't going well, mm -hmm. right? Things sucked, right? You, I mean, all deals were falling apart. You remember those days, right? And things oh, just weren't connecting. Out. That's just the nature of the beast, right? Sometimes it's all going to come up roses and sometimes they're all going to, fall apart, but we can't control the outcome, just our actions. That's, exa know, that's exactly not. right. And here's what happens. And here's what happened. And, and we know other agents and those of you watching, you know, other agents, 
we all have deals fall apart. We all have people that can't get financed. We all have things that people that just ghost on you. You have deals that just, you, it just doesn't go well, right? So the difference between those who do well and those who fizzle out and die in the business are, it depends on what you focus on it. It's, it's your reaction to, to exactly what's happening there. So when you were in the habit of complaining and focusing on the stuff that was not going right, guess what you got more of? More of those kinds of deals. More of those deals that weren't going right. And then you got another one, and then you got another one, and then you hate your business, then you hate your life, and this all sucks and everything's terrible, right? And then that becomes the need for the mind shift change, right? And the mind shift is just, and the mindset change is just to say, okay, look, everyone's doing exactly what they're going to do, and you can't fix it, and you can't change that. That was one of, I know, one of the big realizations that we worked through on that one. And a lot of this, this group that we had, we met every Monday morning early, and we just really worked on mindset and the, and the fact of just connecting because people, can I trust you? Are you good at what you're doing? Do you care about me? And then when you just focus on them, everything's going to go smoother, right? And if they're pissed, they're not pissed at you. Be pissed with them, right? And listen, are they visual, are they auditory, are they kinesthetic? I remember you going through your leads with you, right? And you started writing down on your lead forms, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Are they Ds? Are they Is? Are they Ss? Are they Cs? Right now, inherently, this is what I talked about earlier your days in the hospitality industry in the hotel business, you were practicing for this, but you didn't know it, right? I guarantee you that you totally responded your greeting differently to the old lady that walked in with her husband from Pascagoula, right? And then you had the couple from California, and then you had the guy from New York, and your just intuitive nature allowed you to give a good experience to those three people in two different worlds completely. And so sometimes in this industry, it's not as intuitive as, as it used to be. And so we have to be reminded sometimes to hit that pause button, go into neutral and say, okay, the biggest compliment, the biggest reward, the biggest compliment I could ever possibly pay to a client is to give them the best experience. The best experience I can give them is to make them feel comfortable and trust me. The best way they're going to feel comfortable and trust me is to give them an experience that they like. If they're high D's, I want to give them what they want. If they're highly analytical, I'm going to give them the analytics. If they're a high I, we're going to make it a fun process. If they're an S, we're going to make it kind of comforting and sweet, right? And if they're visual, I'm going to sell visually. If it's auditory, I'm going to sell more auditory. If it's kinesthetic, because I've actually paid attention, paid attention to throttle back to see what I'm dealing with here so I can relate the world in the way that they most appreciate it, right? And that was, I know, a huge turning point. And yeah, especially in dealing with the Ds, because that is so opposite my personality. It's not, as my husband would be happy to tell you, that I'm not bossy. It's just that my bossiness is cloaked in a Southern female upbringing by very traditional parents, grandparents, you know, uh, the things that are so hard. Sometimes it's really hard to meet, for me to go head-to-head -head with that D personality in a way that they're going to understand and respect me rather than run over me. And think that I, you know, feel confident and comp that I am competent in what I'm doing. So yeah. that was we a, a because you know we deal with a lot of these. What we had to do is we had to help Rachel channel her inner bitch, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to ask David. David, I know it's in there. <laughs> Let's just help him come on back. And sometimes you got to crank it up, guys, just to give people the best experience that you can. Because, guys, high Ds, respect and appreciate high Ds. It is what it is, right? And you've got to be able to recognize that and respect them enough to give them what they want. I, I had a, a meeting. I had a, a super heated conversation with a client um, yesterday. 
And people were walking around the office, couldn't believe I was saying the things that I was saying and the words that I was using, right, on a conversation with this person. And it was, it was to, to anybody else would have been obscene, right? And I was saying, saying things that, you know, he needed to hear, right? But ultimately that calmed down the, the conversation and it got respect and trust back into that in, in, in deal. And we solved our issue. We had an issue. And he was coming to the issue at this level. And if I didn't match up to that intensity level, we never would have connected. So by matching up to that, I went a little further than I really could have. But um, by doing that, coming back, and then I know we know how to bring it back down. Then we had a normal person conversation. But that that's skill, guys, right? But you have to be able to do that. And I know once you started really fine-tuning those skills, Rachel, your energy changed, right? Your your ability to not get as aggravated changed, right? And your appreciation and acceptance really changed as well. And then now you're in control to take your business and your relationships to wherever you really want them to go. Well, I think something else happened too. She had some pretty tough deals going in the beginning, right? And getting through those gave you a confidence level that you really did know what you were doing. So sometimes it's those hard knocks in the beginning that make you even stronger in the end. Right, because when you're new, you have a confidence problem. Not you particularly, but an agent has a confidence problem when they're new, because there's so much to learn. And when you got thrown a couple difficult ones, and you solved them, that makes you. And I solved them because uh, at the time I was working in the St. Pete Beach office, and one of the first, it was actually our first big listing on the water, and uh, it was a very difficult one. And um, I owe much thanks to your dad who helped walk me through that. And that's one of the reasons that we, I know a lot of people, it seems like they come and then they leave and then I'm looking and they're changing brokers every 12 months. Bloom where you're planted. If you found the right one at first, the grass is not greener. The grass is greener over the septic tank and that's not where you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys have always been men of character. You're men of your word and I really appreciate that. And uh, you're always accessible. In, in, I really appreciate that with Jeff taking on so much, you've got Otis over here now. He has been such a valuable resource. And this company takes care of their own, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, one of the things well, that we do is the engagement that you, that you participate in is fantastic. I see you in the morning meetings. Um, but you actually, I mean, you comment on the chat. I just know you're engaged and you're watching. And as a company, we kind of tell the truth. And, and tell you the right way to do things, even though it's harder. And you've taken that very well. A lot of agents don't like that. You know, you can get by and do it half-assed and still get it done, but it's not done right. You know, I have no question. I could look at your strategic pricing analysis and know that you did it the way Jim taught you to do it. You know, you're not cutting corners and that's also helping you grow. So having those tough deals and then following the systems that we've taught just builds a really long-term solid career. And the future is so bright for you. No, you got all this stuff behind you. No doubt. One, one thing I want to hit on here is the evolution, right? So your first deal, guys, in those watching, remember your first deal. I still remember my first deal, right? And how nervous you were or how nervous you are, the doubt, the fear, the anxieties, the, oh, my God, what's, what am I going to do? And then, but that doesn't go away because that was your first deal. Then you did your first mobile home. And you didn't know anything about mobile home. Then you did your first mobile home without land. And that's like selling a car, right? And then you go to your first waterfront house, right? A whole different world. What's the whole seawall inspections all about, right? There's so many different things. 
and then you keep going into your next one. So those watching, it's always the next level. It's just like your first deal, right? So when you want to go get your next, the first $2 million expired, it's the same as your first mobile home, right? The doubt, the fear, the anxiety is, is the same, the exact same, right? And so if you, I think everybody needs to take a moment and just congratulate yourself for pushing through all of the little drunk monkey doubt, fear, anxiety moments that you've been able to come through into your career. Every deal that you've done has been the same thing. Your first buyer deal, your first listing deal, your first big one, right? Which maybe wasn't big now, but it was big then, right? And everything's changing. So, and a lot of times we talk about, how, you know, newbies are new, new. There is no newbie. It's a new experience, right? To get to a next level, you got to do something new. And so I just like to know, I like watching how you've been able to push through this whole myriad of types of real estate transactions from mobiles to mobiles without lands to single families to, you know, little condos to houses to waterfront houses to, I mean, you've got a lot of knowledge there, but there was a lot of doubt, fear, and anxiety that was overcome. And everybody watching, sometimes we lose track of the little victories along the way. And this business is tough too, because even when you get a victory today, you don't see the check for 45 or 60 days sometimes. And so we got to appreciate the little things that happen along the way of successes. So what's happiness for you guys right now? Like what is, as the Happy Agent Podcast, where's the drive for the, what's the next level for you and David and your career? It's just, it's a game. It's fun. I want to play. I have a goal. I didn't set a goal as far as monetary goals, but I have a goal that I wanted to complete 24 transactions this calendar year. And I need to get back in track because I'm not quite sure where I am there. But I, I am well over halfway, I believe. And it's been a busy year and a good year. And the um, pandemic, Rachel. How did the pandemic, you set your goals at the beginning of the year and then come around mid-March, we get shut down. How did you overcome that? It only slowed down for me for about a week. And to be honest, I kind of enjoyed that week. I only had, I think, the first week that we were in pandemic, I think I only had two showings. So I was able to be home, be with my family and work from home. So for me, I hate to say it because I know it was so devastating to so many people. But for me, it was a really nice time to reset. Now I'm quite over where we are now and I'm really ready for things to get back to normal, but it didn't slow down business because I think people always want to live where we are. This is, you know, this is a slice of paradise, especially in March when it was still cold, people were shut up up north and they wanted to not be there anymore. Uh, I think that the misery of being shut in kind of gave our, our business a boost in the 55 plus sector. There were more people who hadn't looked down here before who were coming uh, because usually I have people that have been visiting the area for quite a while, but this year I've had a lot of people who are new to our area. So it's out there. And one of the things that helps mine not slow down is running the social engine ads. I know I'm, I'm hammering now, but that just generated a lot of business. It ended up uh, getting me a little bit more business. In fact, I have three listings in one community right now that came from one that I have listed there from one cell that started in there. So. I don't you like to give yourself credit, but I'm going to give you credit because you had a choice when half of the agents in the industry stopped working because of the pandemic. And Jeff and I would always joke, they'd sit around smoking weed, watching Netflix all day. You didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do that either. We showed up every day. We still show up every day. And you were there every day and you went to work and you made it happen. So you did that. Thank right? you. <laughs> That's right. That's, that's right. That's what's making me happy right now is making other people happy. And, um, 
finally feeling like this is another thing that you kept hammering home to me, Jeff. It's been a long, hard road, but I'm finally learning that work-life balance that I really don't have to be on call 24-7 because nobody can live like that. You right. know, so I have my business hours, and it, like you said this, this morning or yesterday morning, somebody said uh, there are no real estate emergencies, and that's true. There are very few real estate emergencies. Now, there are, in your brain, there's a million emergencies when you're um, in desperation mode and attached to the outcome, right? Now, you've done, you're going to do 24 transactions, so it, you don't have to worry about eating, right? So, But when you're stressed, you get a, you, that's where the, the mind flips out, when you start to think that you have control over everything. I was, talk, I mean, we, I was just walk, talking with Diane. She's got one of the coolest little listings right now. It's the best priced property on the entire 17-mile stretch of Gulf Beaches right now. And she's getting a lot of activity on this property. And, you know, just say, hey, who's going to end up buying this house? Do you control that? No. The buyer is going to come. And is it going to appraise or is it not? Is it going to pass inspections or is it not? Right? Now, a couple of those things we can we can control, but you get the concept as don't get attached to the outcome. If they change their mind and they cancel during inspection periods, who cares? But the next one won't. Right? And so that's that's a mindset of acceptance which is a tough thing to do and when you're just new, right? Or just trying to get to the next level. More, more so, a better way to say it is attached to the outcome. So when you could just let things be the way they are, um, that's, that helps. But you can only do that if you're actually prospecting. Now, what you're doing, using tools like we provide, like social ad engine and those type of things, you constantly are growing your pipeline. So you have the luxury, and it is a luxury, to not be attached to the outcome. And you have the luxury to say, you know what? On Saturday, I'm, I'm booked. Right, and you know what your booking is? Watching a movie if you feel like it because you deserve it and you can't, right? And it's okay, guys, it's okay. You have to take some time for yourself or you're gonna burn your ass out and that's not gonna help anybody, right? It's not. Right. And we go through cycles and this too and I'm, I'm like on the top end of my cycle, I'm gonna have to take a minute here myself, right, one of these days. But it's just, you gotta figure it out and, and make it happen. So that's what I'm really proud of what you've done is you've gone from, um, very intense attached to the outcome, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of just very, in, and things weren't as easy, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't letting things go, actually, is a better way to say that, right? And now okay. you started to let things be the way they are. You started to connect with people a lot better. Your mindset's totally shifted. And you're saying, you know what? There's no emergency. How about tomorrow? I can't, but I can on Friday. Um, how about one or two? Which one's better from you? And you're realizing that people like you and they trust you and they'll say, you know what? Friday works, right? And so now you got to have your Thursday and you took care of them on Friday. And ultimately, if they said, sorry, I need to work with somebody else, you'd say, okay, because I have 18 more leads I haven't followed up with yet and I know I'm fine for next month, right? So that's the true luxury of this business. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And I think a big part of that for me, it was not even necessarily attachment to the outcome, but lack of confidence that I could generate another place or knowing that my seller or my buyer needed, you know, like the buyer has got to be under contract, we've got to get this in, it's got to go through, or the seller can't afford to carry this. Those are the things that I take home, and if a deal falls apart, I would take it up on myself, and it would feel like it was my fault. And I have finally gotten the, through the idea that I don't control that. You know, God did not put me in charge of the universe. He decided to reserve that for himself. So right. <laughs> you know, we just have to remember our place in the hierarchy and be content with it, you know, and do the best that we can and leave the rest to 
knowing that it'll work out, trusting that it will work out. Uh, Rachel, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you make it a decision that Thursdays are your day off? I had uh, quite a while back because that was the day that David had off, and now he's not out there, so I take Sundays unless um, unless I have listings that need an open house. So I do open houses on Sundays. And, you know, if, if I have a buyer who needs to, I will make advance arrangements, but then I try to take a different day off during the week. I've decided that I don't really have to be rigid, which was a big aha moment for me. I can actually let this float because that's not who I am. I need a set schedule and it's got to go boom, 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 boom. If you're that way, real estate being an agent is probably not going to be for you because you've got to learn to let that float. And um, so I have on my voicemail now that I work from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And, you know, after that, I'll get back to you the next business day. And I work Saturday and Sunday by appointment. So. But I think, that's I think that's, yeah, I think that's a really big point. And so I don't want to gloss over that because whether you're a new agent, experienced agent, there are a lot of agents that really struggle with that concept right there. And partially that relates directly to treating this like a business, right? Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a, with a brand new agent. She passed the exam on Saturday. I was talking with her yesterday and she said, so give me one piece of advice. And I said, well, if I have any piece of advice for you, it is treat this like a business because it is right. Don't get into this and treat it like a hobby because you're going to get, hobby like results. But if you're really trying to build a business, you need to treat it like one and businesses have hours. There's a start and there's an end right now to your point, you have the luxury of being the owner of that business, which means those hours can be what you want them to be. But the fact of the matter is there's still hours, right? There's still times where you're going to put in the work and there's times where you're going to take off. I actually got an interesting reply from an agent that does not work for us the other day. It was an automatic reply and it said, thank you so much for your email. I just wanted to let you know that I check my email at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. And so if I do not respond right now, it is because it is not in one of those windows. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting, right? But it set the expectation of I know why they're not, why I'm not getting an immediate response and how she runs her business, right? I can respect that. So to your, to your credit, I think any agent watching needs to develop that same thing for them, whatever that is, but come up with a schedule because that is treating this like a business, which is highly underrated in my opinion um, from a lot of agents in this business. And also realize that eight to seven is an 11 hour day. Yeah. <laughs> right, and those are the hours that I answer my phone. I'm not necessarily tied to the office, but, you know, the, there comes a point in the evening where I need to turn off that phone and be with my family. So at 7 o'clock, you know, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to be with my family after that. That's great. You just take control. And that's that's part of happiness, guys, is that work-life balance. So I think there's a lot of great nuggets on this on this one for the takeaways, and, and I'm really happy that you took the time to be with us, Rachel. I think it's got a lot of great nuggets for those who are watching. So parting words from you, for those who are watching, what words of advice do you have to those agents who are watching? Enter your phone, do your prospecting, and realize you don't control the outcome, you only control what you actually can do, which is answer your phone and do your prospecting. And stay informed. You need to know what's going on in this business. And that's one thing that I 
probably that's probably the highest level of frustration in this business. Not when you're dealing with customers or clients who don't understand how it works, but when you're dealing with other agents who don't understand how the business works. Um, <clears throat> for instance, one of my last listings, I got an offer that was written in one person's name and a proof of funds that was in another person's name, and I was told that they were going to buy it in a in the name of a business that was nowhere on any of the contracts. And the agent on the other side did not understand why I could not accept that contract for my client. He was blown away. And I, no matter how often I explained it to him. So the education that we have as uh, part of Century 21 Begging Enterprises is second to none. And I can say that in five years, anytime I've gone in for a continuing education course, I've already known a lot of the stuff that was on there just from our daily training. And, and kudos to you for showing up to listen to the words, so that's what we do. So we are very proud to have you on the team and we love it. One, one more thing I was gonna share and I think Johnson's gonna post it down in the comments later, but they're having a blood drive at, I know you can't really see that, but they're having a blood drive at Curves on September 11th here in Seminole and every Century 21 agent needs to go and this is why, I don't know if you can see this, but these are giving away socks. And there are colors, so you guys show up, do good, and get some free socks that are in our colors. <laughs> there you he go. doesn't love free socks. There you go. <laughs> and he doesn't love helping people because blood banks are so short right now. Wow. That's true. Very yes, true. That is well, very needed. And there's the high empathy of caring that you just can't help yourself <laughs> from doing it, which is part of what makes you you. So, Rachel, we're very proud to have you on the team, and I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us here today and on the Happy Agent Podcast. So. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you guys for watching. And um, put some comments down here and look forward to some other ones. We've got some great ones coming up as well soon. So thanks again, Rachel, and everybody watching. Have a great day.